Hi, this is Phil Collins from Death Hunt for the Man Rays. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Jake Pitts from Black Belt Brides. You're listening to Iron City Rock. Hey, what's up? This is Mike Wistain. You're listening to Iron City Rock. Hello and welcome to episode 286 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, back at the helm here at Iron City Rocks, bringing the best hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Pleased to say I've returned. I've been out since uh, sometime in July. I uh, had some health issues, and I want to thank Sean, uh, my co-host, for carrying the, the burden over the last few months. But I'm pleased to say I'm feeling much better, and I'm back at the helm. Pleased to bring you in episode 286, an interview with Mike Mushok uh, of the band St. Asonia, who have you probably heard on a lot of the XM radio stations as well as terrestrial radio stations. They've got a great single, Better Place, uh, and a debut album, self-titled album. Uh, they are out on the road with Seether. Uh, just came through Pittsburgh uh, earlier this week. Uh, the band features Adam Gunteri, uh, Mike Mushaw, Corey Lowry, and Rich Beto on drums. So you can check them out if you go to Santa Sony's website. Uh, really, I don't even know if they're taking any days off between now and Thanksgiving. So they're really hitting it hard uh, with a great new record. So this is an interview I did for GuitarWorld.com uh, before the album officially came out. Mike and I sat down and had a nice long conversation. Uh, so if you're a person who likes to read, uh, check out GuitarWorld.com. You can find that interview there. Uh, they were kind enough to let us record this for all you fine folks here at the Iron City Rocks podcast to listen to. So, without further ado, Mike Mushak of St. Asonia and Stain. Let's uh, um, start out. Obviously, you've got a new record uh, coming out at the end of July with uh, St. Asonia. Can you talk a little bit about how the project came together? Sure. Um, well, you know, it all kind of started with, you know, obviously I you know, played this game forever and, Aaron decided, you know, a while back that he was, you know, wanted to pursue a country career. So, in the meantime, I write a lot of music and, you know, continued to writing. I was trying to think of different ways and, and different things that I could do to kind of stay busy and maintain a living, also help support my family, too. So, uh, one of the ideas I had was, you know, there's so many great singers that I've played with over the years um, and had become friends with that, you know, I always loved the idea of like what Slash did. Um, you know, writing songs with different singers. And I thought maybe a great way to try and do that. So I started contacting some friends of mine, you know, that I knew. And, you know, everybody seemed, you know, into doing it. And Adam was one of the people. And actually, I think he was one of the first people I got together with. And, uh, you know, we wrote some songs together, hung out for a while, uh, you know, staying in Three Days Grace and toured, toured a bunch together over the years. And, uh it really went well. It was uh, it was it was pretty easy. So we ended up kind of losing touch. Adam Adam went away for a little bit, and uh, not he didn't go away. He just uh, was kind of unresponsive. He went through some personal stuff. So 
when he kind of came back, he ended up getting the same manager that, that I have and Stain has. And, uh, you know, I was speaking to our manager, you know, about, you know, writing some more songs for him. And he was working with Don Gilmore at the time. And, you know, I just started writing some music for him. And we got together. And, again, it was, it was pretty easy. He really liked the stuff that I was writing for him. So we ended up making a demo for RCA. And RCA... Uh, you know, was real excited about it. So it was kind of at that point after we did the demo together that, you know, we continued writing and they, you know, they wanted, you know, us to kind of be a, you know, be a band. So that's what led to us really kind of coming together was, you know, just me writing him some songs and us doing the demo and kind of went through this, you know, long process to get to where we are. But then it seems to start to happen pretty quickly after we did that demo uh, last year. Yeah. When you were writing the material, did you have all the players in the band kind of assembled, or did you write with with Adam? Was some of this written even before you started working with Adam? Yes, yes. I, there was no. It was just Adam and I, basically. Um, Adam had done gigs before with Rich, but as far as putting the music together, um, some of it was some stuff that I had written uh, on my own that I played him. Once we found out that it was going to be you know, something else. Uh, I started playing some other ideas that I had, and we, we were going to do a record. So we started going through some of that, and some of those songs ended up on there. Uh, Adam had songs also that, you know, he brought to the table, some great stuff that he had written. And it was really kind of a combination of stuff I wrote for old stuff I had, stuff Adam had, and him and I kind of put it all together and ended up with, you know, whatever, 15 songs or something. And at that point, we had demoed him to the point where we could get him to Rich, the drummer. And uh, we didn't have a bass player. Adam wanted his uncle to, to play bass on it. So that's who played bass on the record. And actually, Johnny Kay ended up doing some of it also. Um, and at that point, we knew we were going to you know, get a bass player. And actually, Corey was, was really the first person that, that came to my mind just because I've known him for... For years, he's a he's a great musician, uh, great guy, and uh, I'm great friends with his brother Clint. And it was funny Clint would be would be texting me like once a week about getting Corey in the band. So now, um, when when you're doing something like this now at this stage of your career, obviously you've ex- achieved commercial success. And really, most of you in, in in the group have you know had different levels of success, obviously, but. When you're assembling something like this now, and you're saying, okay, we need a bass player, we need a drummer, is personality kind of the first thing you go after, or do you kind of say, okay, I need the chops, and now who can I get along with? How do you you approach that? I mean, listen, as far as chops go, I knew Corey could more than handle what, you know, what this is. Uh, It's really, it's really the whole package. I mean, they have to be great players and, and people, because... Like you said, I mean, after spending, you know, whatever, 15, 17 years on the road, and you realize how much that personality really, really matters, and it's a, it's a huge part of it. I mean, besides being a great player, I mean, you live in close quarters together for, you know, weeks, months, years on end. And, uh, you know, if you, if there's a, 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 you know, bad personality there or whatever, it's, you know, it can, it can make that experience. It's it's tough tough as it is, especially now that I have a family. Uh, I can make that experience, you know, that much more difficult. So 
I mean, all that's all of that's important. Yeah, you think of that with, with you know, I think a lot of the current Van Halen lineup, you know, they may not only get along, but they're kind of stuck together because of the fact they were successful, you know, and that's, uh, you know, if you have a chance to do it over again. Correct. But, I mean, you know what? Here's the difference, though. If you're Van Halen and you're selling out amphitheaters, you don't have to see each other unless you're on stage, you know what I mean? If you're starting a new band, you're living together on a, on a tube. You know what I mean? It's driving around the country. I can guarantee you those guys are not on the same bus and probably only see each other when they step on stage. That's probably it. You know what I mean? And and listen. Yeah, I question sometimes I mean? if they're on the same planet. Those guys. Right. But it's, you know, so, I I mean, it's it's unfortunate that things get that way, but, I mean, that's, that's what kind of happens. You're right. When they started that band when they were, what, you know, 16, 17 years old and, you know, Best rock band ever, you know. So, uh, and now here they are, you know, whatever it is, five years later, and uh, you know, still doing it. When you were writing the material for the for this record, um, did you consciously approach it different than you would have, let's say, a Stain song, or even you know, material you've done outside of, of either band? Did you kind of tailor towards who you're you're playing with at any point? I, I did actually think of that when, when writing a lot of the stuff, and I, I think the arrangements are are different. They're uh, a little more concise than, than what Stain would be, I think, you know, and and that really was a conscious effort to do that for, for Adam. And you know what? And a lot of that came together when him and I came together and went over arrangements, you know. A lot of times I'll put some parts together, and I'll do what I think that the, you know, the vocal parts should be or the verse, how long it's. But I, even with Aaron, when I'm writing, writing for him, I always leave that up to him. Like, I can do this however many times you feel you want to sing over it, you know? So uh, I, I think that's where a lot of the, you know, the collaboration comes in is, you know, in, in getting that arrangement to exactly where the singer feels he needed to be to say what he wants to say, you know? So, uh, and I think even... Even with working with Aaron, and the thing that was nice with working with Adam is that I've always said, you know, I think Aaron makes what I do better, and I can say the same for Adam. You know, I mean, it was it was kind of a similar, you know, I'll come down with a, an arrangement, or and he'll say, hey, why don't you try this chord, and maybe take this there, and it's like, okay, cool, you know what I mean? So it's 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 enhancing what I do, I believe, you know, and and helping it, help making it better. And I think a good producer even. Even can help do that too. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. I mean, how helpful is it working with someone as seasoned as Johnny K when you're kind of coming in with with new personalities? And sure, you know, Johnny and I have worked together a lot. I mean, even besides the two Stain records, him and I have have written a bunch of songs together, and you know, I've spent a lot of time in Chicago with him. Um, so that's what kind of led to you know helping helping do this is that we have a we have a pretty good working relationship together. And, and I do feel comfortable there, but yet not so comfortable where, I mean, he still, he still pushes, you know, myself and whoever is there to get the best performance out of you and, uh, and make the best record that you can. So, but it, that was the one thing that I always liked about Johnny is that he, he always kept the process moving as far as, you know, having other ideas and trying different things, um, which I like. Cause I mean, who's to say that what you come up with is the best possible, you know, is the best, that it can be, and it's music. Who's to say what is best? You know, so uh, it's all what your what your opinion is. So, but I always felt that he brought you know good ideas to the table, 
and uh, uh, help make the songs better. Now, do you guys, um, either on the record or plan to, obviously you guys just released a, a string of tour dates, will Adam be doing some guitar work with you guys live or yeah. on the record? Yeah, not on every song, but there's definitely songs that, uh, you know, can, can use, and especially the songs that, you know, he brought to the table. A lot of those were, you know, started on, on acoustic. So, um, and I don't know if, I don't think we've decided whether or not it'll be acoustic live or not on some of them. Some of it, it'll definitely be, but um, some some questions that still probably need answering as we start rehearsing more some of the other other material that we haven't actually, you know, played through yet. Right. Have you been pleasantly surprised with how well Better Place has done as a single thus far? Yeah, I mean, listen, you you never know. I You know, when you put something out, how it's going to be, you know, perceived. Listen, I know that I'm really proud of the record. I mean, it's it's kind of a shame that people don't buy records anymore. I mean, even if, if you're a fan of rock music, go get it for free somewhere, because I really think that from beginning to end, it's I'm, I'm really proud of the way it came out. You know, I don't think that there's any filler in there, really. I mean, I think they're all really, you know, 11 great songs. So, um but as far as the success of it, yeah, I mean, listen, you just don't know. You don't know where rock radio is these days. It, it seems to be getting, you know, tougher and tougher. I mean, especially now, you know, we put that out and so many great bands, you know, whether it's, you know, Disturbed just came out with a song, Shine Down, Five Fingers, but like all these bands that are, you know, kind of staples at the, at the format also, you know, have songs off that are, you know, obviously going to do well because that's what the format's kind of, you know, based on these days, it seems. Yeah, I know. Just in my own experience, I was flipping through the uh, XM, just didn't seek, and came across you know the lead-off single, and it was really impressed because you know you expect to hear Stain songs on the radio, you expect to hear Three Days Grace songs on the radio, etc. But it's great to see you know these formats giving it a chance, which is I think the thing that, that is tough for a lot of bands. The new material doesn't get the chance that the catalog gets, unfortunately. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, listen, I think every every band, you know, like, like takes Disturbed. I mean, you know, I think it's great the way that they, you know, kept it under wraps and, you know, came out with everything at once. I thought it was just a great, great idea and a great way to do it. And, you know, obviously everybody is, you know, and they're a fantastic band. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, everybody's excited to hear it. And I think the format is also. So, I mean, I think... You know, somebody comes out with a first single, radio's going to give that first single a chance, especially if it's, you know, a Disturbed or a Shine Down, who obviously has had a ton of success, you know, at that format. Sure. Now, as far as your, your guitar playing and, you know, obviously being guitar geeks, um, is, do, you, do you differ your rig much from what you did in Spain? Is your what you're playing with and through kind of changed at all? Or is it no, I'm pretty like, much. I'm pretty much me. I mean, honestly, live. I think I've had, I've had basically the same rig for like almost 15 years. You know, I do have. I do have uh, the fractals now. You know, and I've I've been playing around with those, but I I don't know. To me, just an amp is just plugging into an amp is so easy. Honestly, I had those, I was using the fractal rehearsal here because we just did some programming. They sound great. I mean, they really, you know, you can take the stems from the record, you put it in there, and you're like, well, there it is. You know what I mean? And uh, so, and I know, I know a bunch of people that have kind of switched over to that. And, and I think for fly dates, that's mainly why I got them is because, you know, it's, it's just so difficult to, to get your rig 
you know, across the country for, for certain dates if you need to. So there's really, you know, no easier way than that. And it's just amazing what it can do, you know. So, um, but no, as far as the rig goes, I mean, listen, I, I plug into that diesel VH4. It just sounds great. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I plug into my Marshalls that I've had forever, and they just sound great to me. So uh, I've heard other amps that sound good, but it's, I don't know. I'm, I really like what that is, you know. So I kind of, I kind of, you know, stuck with it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. You know. That, that's a great point. You know, I think there's there's people out there that just love to tinker for the sake of tinkering, but if you've got something that works and you're happy with it, that's kind of it. You know, I mean, it's 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 pretty simple. I, mean, I just run those two headed all the time, and you know, whatever effects I need, I get through um, uh, my TC Electronics unit that I'm using now, and or pedals if I need that. And and there it is. So um, yeah, it's kind of what I've always what I've always done. And in the studio, you know, you, you know, you use what use what's there and what sounds best. But I mean, again, that diesel hat. I mean, it's just so versatile. Those four channels are all you know uniquely different. And they all sound great. I mean, it's just a it's just a great hat. Now, do you are you still using the baritone guitar for this record? Or yeah, actually, what I what I ended up switching to at when we did the last stained record, so I could use the lower tuning was I ended up playing a seven string baritone, which PRS has made me, you know, a handful of, um, so I could solo and I'd have a high E string. So, but say our baritone seven strings is basically what I'm, I'm mostly playing. And I use my signature model, uh, you know, still on songs where there's, if there's not a solo. Um, so it was funny though. I mean, even in the studio, we, you know, for the rhythm track, you don't need the seven string. And so we, we actually use, which was, I started to say it was for some of the lower tuning stuff and baritones. I mean, it's, I'm always amazed because the last, I want to say the last three records, I always come in with all these other baritones that I've kind of picked up along the way and other things that we've tried. And I'm amazed that, that, you know, off the shelf PRS, SE baritone guitar beats them all out always. I mean, it's it's really, uh, you know, and they actually, they aren't making it anymore. They kind of stopped this thing, stopped doing its thing. So, uh, but I mean, it's really just a, a great, great sounding guitar. Yeah, the uh, the SE PRS guitar is such a high degree of quality you know, even for an import guitar. It's a very, very impressive guitar. I mean, I have custom shop baritones that they made that don't sound as good as an off-the-rack guitar that they send me. I don't know. You know, and in the studio is where you can really tell. You know what I mean? Because it's under a microscope. You're playing the same amp with the same microphone, not moved, listening to the same monitors. You plug one guitar and you plug the other, and it's real easy to tell, you know. And it's, it's crazy how that guitar always wins. Yeah. Now, you, you guys just released a, a, just a kind of a burst of dates in August. Um, do you have plans kind of into the fall, or is that still to be determined? Yeah, yeah no, there's there's other dates and other tours that we're actually looking at now. We had a we had a few options, and it'll be it won't be a headline. It'll be you know touring with uh, with another band. So we're we're actually uh, trying to make the decision the next day or so, really, of of who that's going to be. So that we're going to go out with. So. There will be other dates following it up in, you know, probably late September through October and then uh, figuring out what we're doing later in the fall. So, I mean, you know, there will be, you know, 
a usual tour cycle where we go out and play and, and promote the record. So, um, which will be good. Should be fun. Mike, I want to thank you. It's been a pleasure. Sounds great. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Also. All right. Big thanks to Mike Mushak of San Antonio and Stained. Uh, you can get uh, their album, self-titled albums, available on iTunes, Amazon. They're out on the road, as I mentioned. Also, head over to ironcityrocks.com. Sean was able to photograph their show on the 11th at Stage AE. Got some fantastic shots, uh, so you can check that out as well. I'm going to turn our attention now to uh, an up-and-coming new rock and roll band. Uh, yes, I said new rock and roll band. Isn't that an, uh, kind of a strange thing anymore? This is a band called Hudson, and uh, we're joined by Chris Llewellyn and David Hudson. Uh, David is the vocalist, Chris is the guitarist, and also the producer, uh, they have a, a really cool new EP out called Cast Out. This is actually their second EP. Uh, the Cast Out comes out on the 21st of October, so by the time you hear this, it'll be basically here. Uh, it was really cool to talk to them. It wasn't a band I was super familiar with, but had a chance to listen to and read up on. But it was really interesting, their take on the music industry, and uh, especially coming from the uh, production world, it was really interesting to hear uh, how they saw things and what they were uh, planning on doing so check this out again the band is called hudson and uh this is chris and david all right ladies and gentlemen from the band hudson we have david and chris on the line how you doing guys great thank you for having us we are doing very well today excellent thank you for taking the time um hudson you guys had an and correct me if i'm wrong an ep out in 2014 and you've got a new one that's only about a week old if my math is right so um, do you want to talk? I mean, obviously, it's a, a pretty new band. When did the band first come together? Well, actually, just a, a small uh, correction. Sure. We just um, released the first song from the EP. Oh, okay. About yeah, yeah. It's on for pre-order on iTunes, but it doesn't come out until the twenty-first of October. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, and that, that's probably why you're a little bit mixed up because the pre-order did start um, on September twenty-first, okay. and then the actual EP comes out October 21st. Okay. Um, we came together as a band officially in September of 2013, okay. but um, Chris and Brian, uh, they are the guitarists and bassists, and they're also the producers of the band. Um, they were working with myself uh, because beforehand I was pursuing a solo career, okay. but I... I naturally had this kind of rock sound, and um, they came in and uh, started helping me uh, to create a solo album, and then we realized after many performances and developing the sound, and after they were helping me to develop as an artist, that it would be much better uh, if we came together as a band, because it'd just become that much more powerful, Right. And um, which it very much so did. So officially, as a band, we came together in 2013, um, September 1st, 2013. Okay. Were you already in this? St- but we've been working together for three years, four, almost four okay. years. Okay. So you had gone through studio work together in the past before officially calling it a band? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah initially when it started out, um, uh, it was more of a Americana folk type sound when it was uh, David's solo project. Okay. And and his last name's Hudson, and that was the name of the project. And you know, we we had put out one song, uh, the first song we ever did together, and then released. Uh, you know, became the first single, 
you know, got a lot of recognition and, you know, was on MTV Buzzworthy and Fuse and Vivo and featured on all that. And so we saw we had something special, at least from there. And once we made it a band, <coughs> um, you know, David started writing to a lot more of my riffs and, um, we had a residency at the Viper Room in Los Angeles here for a couple months in uh, early 2014, and that's when we really developed the sound of the band, and that's where we came with our first EP in the Unknown in June of 2014. Um, and then from there, it's become even harder rocking than that, um, you know. But, you know, our sound's constantly evolving, constantly changing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're... we're gonna attempt to hopefully release a new project every uh, year because you know we can stay on the road and do the records on the road since it's self-produced mm -hmm. so um, you know we're gonna be constantly putting out new content and you never know what you're gonna get from us because we're all very studied in pretty much every genre of music from Gregorian chant all the way up through now um, so you're gonna hear elements of jazz and blues and funk and uh, you know we bring in urban and electronic and pop sonics into the production end of things I mean you might hear some reggae come out of us you just never know what it's going to be um, so always, you know we're always going to be rock and roll though yeah. Yeah, we're always seeing authentic to rock and roll we, we even have you know our ballads are more folky and you know uh, we incorporate a lot of different instrumentation from banjos and mandolins to Paraguayan 36 string harp and then obviously you know all the slide guitars and harmonicas mm -hmm. and you know bass and drums and keys and all that stuff too so and then you know we also have uh, we uh, a lot of vocal harmonies and stuff like that uh, that Brian and I do as the background vocals so you've got quite an eclectic mix there's no telling where the sound is going to go now Chris you you came from a what was folk kind of music you know the Bob Dylan's type style primarily what you did prior to, to the collaboration? Um, well, I've, I've pretty much gone through every phase you could go through as a kid, and I started singing classically with the Atlanta Boy Choir uh, when I was about five years old and um, traveled the world doing that. I went to Russia at the age of 10, and I sang with the Atlanta Symphony multiple times before the age of 10, so I've been, you know, performing professionally since I was very young, um, you know, and then I switched to violin, or I started playing the violin in about third grade, played that for five years, switched over to guitar, and then, you know, once I switched to guitar, I added in bass and harmonica, and recently I've added in mandolin and, you know, bluegrass-style banjo and um, Native American flute, just always trying to pick up new mm -hmm. instruments. You know, the more instruments possible, the bigger the sound can be, and the wider range of things we can do. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, I come from a. As a kid, I always wanted to have a rock band. I saw Led Zeppelin uh, song "Remains the Same" in fourth grade at my grandma's house. I bought it, took it over there, watched it, and I was, saw them on stage in Madison Square Garden, or, you know, the sound stage they taped it on. But um, you know, I said that's what I want to do with my life, and you know. I was like, this looks awesome, but why can't I be right. that guy, you know? So, uh, I've always been heavily rock-influenced. Grew up on the oldies, you know, listening to my parents in Motown and all that kind of stuff. And, um, 
and then around the age of 16, I kind of strayed away from all that because I, I got into the jazz band in high mm. school and started studying jazz heavily and funk. I went to Berkeley College of Music after high school and immersed myself in funk, jazz, and blues pretty much for four years, um, as well as my partner, Brian, who's the bass player and keys player mm. in the band. Um, you know, and so we had all those elements as well. And then, you know, when I was a kid, I was into punk and punk music and I was a hippie and I listened to hardcore gangster rap and you know every every genre of music really I had a phase where I went through you yeah know? um and so coming out of Berkeley I saw a thing I saw um a video of Jack Black and and uh, Tenacious D and believe it or not that's really what inspired me to get back into <laughs> rock and roll um because I, I realized how fun it is to rock on stage. You know, you can play jazz and all that stuff, and it's fun and all, but it's not the energy that rock and roll has. So I started heading back towards that and, and then got into a pop music career and, you know, urban, a lot of urban records and um, electronic and all that kind of stuff as well. And now, now that organic music has been coming back around, you know, we always, Brian and I always wanted to have a rock band and, We've been looking for a singer for about eight years, and we finally ran into David. And then from there, you know, we, we spent a lot of time developing this band to where it's at. Now, when so. when you're putting together, this question need be either for you, David or Chris. When you're putting together a band, obviously the record industry is is kind of come and gone and become something totally different now. When when you're when you're judging from all the styles that Chris mentioned. Um, and you're starting out a new band. How do you, how did you guys approach? What do we want to sound like collectively? Or did you even have a discussion that said, you know, here's kind of what we're targeting. We're targeting a Led Zeppelin meets, you know, whatever kind of sound. Or you just kind of get in a room and hash it out and hear how it sounds and and go from there. No, we just, um, you know, we're not with a label right now because we want to be creatively free and. And that being the case, obviously we're, you know, we're trying to be a rock and roll, you know, we're trying to stay authentic to rock right. and roll, so, you know, most of what we're writing is going to be harder rock and stuff, but then we have ballads and stuff as well, so, you know, it's all, we're not restricted in what we do, we can make whatever we want, we, the, the beauty is we wake up in the morning and however we feel that day is what's going to come out of us, and that's what's going to be recorded, and from there we perfect the recordings, and whether that takes, uh, you know, a few days to a week, or even sometimes a month mm -hmm. to make sure that the recording is absolutely the best it can possibly be with the technologies we have today, um, you know, because we try to bring in newer sounds on the, you know, newer sonics on the production end and newer production techniques that the rock side of the business really doesn't have any idea about. Um, you know, cause the kids these days are used to real hard-hitting drums and, and bass and, you know, newer little production techniques um, that come from the urban and pop side of things, you know? Right. And, um, you know, music throughout the throughout history, all the way going back to Gregorian chant and all that, it's always been made around whatever the technologies of that day were, you know? Right. Um, and, and now we have a lot of a broader sonic range than we did back in the 70s where when rock and roll was popular. Sure. So, 
um, you know, we're bringing in a lot more uh, sub-frequencies, and, you know, we have a higher, you know, uh, a bigger range of higher uh, sonic as well, so we try to bring all that together into the production and, you know, give a fresh sound to modern rock and roll, you know, because the genre of rock and roll has been pretty stale, in our opinion, and, um, a lot of the guys on the rock side are very analog, you know. Mm, absolutely. And they are open to a lot of the newer production techniques, um, and that, to us, is why rock and roll hasn't had a new rising in, you know, what, 20 years or so. Yeah. It, so we're just trying to... You know, if you listen to Brendan O'Brien's uh, production in the 90s, you know, it, it was a totally different sonic that was coming from the rock coming out of the 70s and stuff because he had more options to choose from then and you know now you listen to our recordings versus his and we have more options available to us on the sonic spectrum mm -hmm. so um you know we're just trying to bring a new fresh sound so far as the process so it's a very natural process we don't ever sit down and and really try to figure out a specific like oh we want to sound like this right. with this song or we want to sound like that with this song it just comes together man like we that's what the whole chemistry of the band is, and that's the whole story of the band. It's, it's come together. So the, the writing process and the development process of each song is just what naturally feels right and what message comes about therein. Right, and, and that could you know benefit greatly from the fact, you, as you mentioned, you're not working with a major label. So you're not having somebody yeah. breathing down your neck saying, we need you to sound like you know the Smashing Pumpkins or whatever. You know, And I, I see a lot of that in the country right now where they're just cranking out Act after act that that almost indistinguishable, you know. We saw, yeah. you know, and and rock yeah. kind of died in the '80s from the same problem. They cranked out band after band that all sounded the same, you know. So it's yep. yeah, yeah. You know that'll probably happen again at some point because you know music and cult. You know, if you follow popular culture, it, it all goes in waves, mm -hmm. and that's what we study. You know, and and we knew that organic music would start to come back around this time, which it has, and it, it was a perfect time to strike with a rock and roll band, yeah. because, you know, we had had a band, Brian and I had had a band earlier in about 2004, and, you know, the labels didn't know what to do with it, and there wasn't really a platform for a rock and roll band, you know, mm -hmm. it was moving towards hip-hop in New York and, and 50 Cent um, Absolutely. was popular at the time, you know, and then it started moving more and more towards pop with Dr. Luke, um, you know, and Britney Spears, you know, and all those types of records like that. Um, so now we're getting back to more of this organic uh, sound in the pop culture, and not not just the sound, but you know, people are moving towards more organic food and 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 just wanting more natural, just a holistic stuff. lifestyle in general. Yeah. So that's what we're all. Doing. Yeah, that's basically what we're promoting is is you know peace and respect towards each other and you know, putting your heart and soul and passion into what you do, because we believe if everybody woke up and did that, you know, there would be a lot less problems in the world, and we believe music is the most powerful thing to get a message out and to change the world, really, yeah. you know? Yeah, when it's done right, um, you're absolutely right. Well, guys, I, I want to thank you again. Again, the, the EP cast out is available October 21st. And, That's right, and, and yeah. the single will be available October, uh, September 21st. Um, Chris and uh, David, I appreciate your time very, very much. I look forward to you guys.
getting out on the road. Um, hopefully catching you guys on the East Coast here sometime in the latter part of 2015 or 2016. But thank you for your time, guys. Yeah, definitely. Thank you as well. Yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right, a big thanks to the boys from Hudson, also from Mike from Stained and uh, San Antonio for coming on and talking with us this week. We want to thank all of you uh, for listening. You can visit us at ironcityrocks.com, facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks, and twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Got a whole magnitude of tickets to give away uh, on our Facebook and Twitter account, so we appreciate the follows, the likes, etc. And uh, we ask you to visit ironcityrocks.com, which is kind of the flagship for all this. As I mentioned earlier, we've got picks from the Seether uh, San Antonio show, also a whole host of other shows that have come through Pittsburgh. We have some really great photographers uh, doing work for us, so please visit that. If you want to drop us a line, it's ironcityrocks at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Take care.